The euro uh, inflation numbers, the highest they've been since the invention of the euro, and the pound is plumbing multi-decade lows, but a long way away from the war. Australia doesn't seem to be doing quite so badly, but there are signs of a slowdown, particularly in housing, of course. And China's PMIs, well, they could be worse, but no imminent signs of a recovery. It is Thursday, the 1st of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks month end. U.S. stocks are down again. The Dow is down 0.9%. That's 7.5% of its peak in the middle of August. The S&P 500 losing 0.8% today, 0.6% lower for the Nasdaq. Bigger falls in Europe with the U.S. stocks 50 closing 1.25% down and another 1% off the FTSE 100. The DAC and the CAC Caron both down around 5% in a month. But the euro is up a third of 1% today. The pound has lost a third of 1%. That's against the U.S. dollar, which is pretty flat on the DXY index. The Aussie dollar is down 0.2%, falling to 68.4 US cents. Uh, A move up in bond yields in the US, 10-year Treasury is up 7 basis points to 3.17%. In Europe, German 10-year bond yields rose 7 basis points when the inflation numbers came out, just up 3 basis points now though. Italian 10 years up 7 basis points. 10-year gilts in the UK up 10 basis points to 2.8%, but 2-year gilt yields have pushed above 3%, up more than 11 basis points this morning, taking us back to 2008 levels. Uh, not much movement in the Aussie 10-year bond yields. Three years are down uh, about four basis points, although they were yesterday below 3.22%, but pushing eight basis points up on futures since then. And sharp falls in oil. WTI is down 2.8%. Brent also down 2.8% to 96.50 a barrel. European gas has also fallen back, back below 240 euros, even though that gas pipeline from Russia is now officially closed just for a few days, supposedly. But let's start with the state of the Aussie economy with uh, NAB's David DeGaris in London. Uh, Dave, Australia obviously faring better than most, somewhat sheltered from the impact of European gas prices. But, I mean, there are signs of an economic slowdown, particularly in housing and construction. Uh, But is it a downturn or or is it circumstance? Uh, For example, the weather that is driving it down. Yes, hi, Phil. Uh, I think it's really... um couple of things. One is obviously the weather's had an impact. I don't think there's much doubt about that, you know, with the huge rains on the East Coast. But I'm hearing more and more reports as well about uh, because of the high, the rapid rise in construction costs that um, developers, builders and so forth are sort of just saying, well, it's just getting too hot in the kitchen for me. We're just not going to proceed with this project now. It's Mm. just construction costs. It's not that the demand isn't there. It's just that can they make the numbers work yeah. with those sort of construction costs? Now, so that may be an element, I, I, I suspect, oh, that may be an element of it as well, but certainly the weather's one one factor. So the construction side, I think the pipeline is still is certainly there on the on the housing side. Mm. Um, so, But it has uh, been, the biggest impact has been detached houses, hasn't it? I guess that is because of the costs. And, and that this, there would be an element, surely, of, well, it's going to cost more to build a house, and if interest rates are going to go up, then then there, there is going to be a risk about future demand. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we might just might be seeing you know, less houses being started or uh, mm. stretched out. Look, we, we won't be able to build it for another 6 to 12 months. So uh, rather than... You know, if builders have got you know fixed price contracts or even escalation clauses, who want who wants to buy with um, higher and higher prices? You know, six, yeah. six months down the track when it's all finished. 
And, 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 you know, the sign that, you know, the economy isn't doing too badly is if we look at the private sector credit growth, which is strong again, isn't it? 9.1% year on year. So, you know, that doesn't sound like a country heading into recession. A lot of this growth has been in the business sector as well. So people are investing to build, clearly, to, to build a business. Yeah, in the last six months, business credit has grown uh, at a, an annualised rate of 15.7%. And mm. um, year on year, it's up, what, 13.4%. Uh, to July, so it's making the housing and lending growth look rather meagre, isn't it? It's seven point seven percent. But one thing we are seeing a couple of things in housing. You know, we've seen house prices come off at a faster rate. You know, particularly after that um, first quarter CPI, which saw the, the Reserve Bank pivot and start to increase rates from May, um, and um, and, and 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 that's 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 seen prices come off. So you've seen um, uh, activity fall in the housing market. You know, less mm. less less uh, less listings come to market, but also uh, <clears throat> buyers step back, step back. And why wouldn't they? If the newspapers are full of reports of prices going down, well, let's not buy it now. Let's just wait, you know, a few more months and see how this market plays out. Right, but away from the from the from the building and construction mm. sector, I mean, it looks like you know all of all of that private sector growth is showing that the, the you know there's there's investment happening and the amount of money sitting in people's bank accounts as well. Indeed. I mean, it's uh, since the pandemic more than three hundred and five billion Australian Indeed. dollars. So the RBA, if they want to slow the economy, they've got to fight against all of that. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> that, that 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 could well be right, Phil. So. Um, and we know, don't we, that from the work that the Reserve Bank and others have done uh, on households, you know, the flip side of that, uh, those deposits have been built up with, is that people have, you know, with lower mortgage rates through the pandemic have been paying off their loans at a faster rate. So they're yeah. well ahead of schedule. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of people that don't even have to touch their repayments just yet. I mean, the Reserve Bank, I think, calculated latest figure I saw was in a, a speech recently by the Deputy Governor, Michelle Bullock, suggesting that uh, you know, if rates went up 300 basis points from last year, mortgage rates, then there's a third of borrowers, owner-occupied borrowers, on variable rates wouldn't have to change their repayments at all. In China, uh, well, things haven't really moved, have they? Not got better, not got worse, really. The uh, the manufacturing PMI still below 50 at 49.4, ever so slightly better than expected. But that means it just means it's declining uh, less than expected, still going down. Uh, and uh, manufacturing has, non-manufacturing has fallen from 53.8 down to 52.6. So so that's slowing. But these are these are small moves. I mean, we're, I mean, basically, it's saying no sign of recovery just yet for China, isn't it? No. And uh, what, what did we see, uh, as our Australian listeners would know, after mm. the lockdowns, Phil, we saw a huge bounce in activity, didn't we, after yep. lockdowns? Uh, and now we're getting even more reports that, um, you know, that the restrictions are far from over in China. So yeah. this process, process is going on. And if you dig into the non-manufacturing, both services and construction uh, growth were both down in the month. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're just not seeing that bounce at all. And here yeah. we are in September already. So 
that five and a half percent annual growth target is way way out of reach. Yeah, right not going to happen, is it? And we get the Keijing Manufacturing PMI uh, later on today as well, of course. But uh, there's, I, I was reading that you know container use and steel demand fell mm. in August, so you can't expect these numbers are going to bounce back too quickly either. But I mean, it is. It's not just the uh, COVID the story here, is it? Because they've also been hit by the weather because they've had that extreme heat wave and that's been yes. closing factories down. Yes, yes, indeed. So. There is, there is some bad luck in that, indeed. And yeah. um, I think, you know, we've seen maybe a bit of reaction to Chinese numbers. You know, you mentioned oil prices being down before. Mm. And that, that was on the same day when OPEC Plus is saying that demand situation is going to be tighter next year, and yet oil prices are down today. So maybe a bit of reaction there to the, the China news. And also base metals have been mostly lower today as well, Phil. And yeah, yeah. iron ore flat, so... Didn't, so, certainly didn't see any bounce there at all. Right. So you think China's had an influence on all of those, do you? Quite possibly. I mean, mm. it's uh, China dominates the commodity scene, doesn't it, yeah. in terms of uh, consumption? Now, in Europe, well, gas prices are down again today, but not enough to make much difference. I mean, they are still horrendous, aren't they? And we've and we've got the inflation numbers in the Eurozone up at 9.1% for the year to August, which is... Uh, a record for as long as the Eurozone has existed, which is 23 years. So uh, that is very high. What does the ECB do next week? Indeed. And uh, as we speak, the markets got priced in uh, a more than 50% chance that the ECB will hike by 75, not 50 basis points next week, Phil. Mm. So we had some strong words from the Bundesbank president, um, I think the word temporary from last year might be replaced by forcefully this <laughs> this time, Phil, in terms of market reaction. So, you know, the bond market, you know, you, you read at the start there all those bond yields that have been going up short end, mm. uh, particularly and long end. Uh, and that, you know, we've seen the stock market down every day since Powell's speech uh, yep. last Friday, haven't we? So the markets have got the message. The Fed's been on point. Every Fed speaker's been saying the same thing. And, uh, you know, we've had the Women's Bank president, you know, calling for forceful action from the ECB next week and maybe, you know, faster rises. We had a similar message from uh, Isabel Schnabel, who's on the Governing Council at at Jackson Hole as well at the end of last week. So that's presumably why the euro is doing so well overnight because it's uh, it's up above the US dollar quite a bit today. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? And we haven't seen, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, even though the market's got a lot of rate rises from the Bank of England, but it's just that political uncertainty may, maybe is, is dogging the pound right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So the last of those hustings events is tonight, probably as we're recording this right now. So Liz Phil. Truss and Rishi Sunak, yes, they finished their campaign trail for uh, an election that most people can't vote in. That's democracy for you. Isn't it? <laughs> so it's almost it's almost commentated upon as if it's a an election campaign. Uh, we forget that it's just the registered Tory voters that, uh, that that get to vote. Yeah. So that means next week Britain won't have a zombie government. So will it make any difference? That's the question. Because I mean the the, the pound is now worth a dollar sixteen US dollars. I, I think this is the lowest it's been since the mid eighties. I think April nineteen eighty five. So remember, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Welcome to the Pleasure oh, Dome. Yes. That was uh, <laughs> that was that is it, the lowest it's been since then. Or Ario Speedwagon oh. can't fight this feeling oh, anymore. Ario Speedwagon, Phil. <laughs> Goodness. 
Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. They were the day. Mm. I bet you had a mullet, didn't you? Didn't you in the 80s? <laughs> Not <Did> telling. You? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, but there are parts of Australia, of course, where people have been more tardy than most in actually saying goodbye to the mullet, aren't they? Uh, but- <laughs> yeah, British Open winners amongst them. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Now, look, uh, in the US, the uh, the new ADP employment numbers ahead of uh, Friday's US payroll numbers. Mm. So uh, ADP, their new myth- methodology, they're reporting 132,000 new jobs in August. Uh, it's a fall from 270,000 a month before, they say. Uh, so there is a sign of of a slowdown, more jobs being created, but uh, they're saying a more conservative pace of hiring. So that's the best yeah. we can hope for, perhaps. Uh, maybe, but it's it's as much been a contraindicator in the past, hasn't it, as a, as a, as a mm. read-through indicator for what payrolls will be. But is this new methodology going to produce a superior forecasting record? Well, we won't know till the end of the week, and I just – have ring in my ears those uh, job openings figures from the day before, you know, um, vacancies rising to even higher levels. Yeah. So, yeah. We will see. What is interesting with this new methodology is they're showing that small business has actually seen jobs fall. So the mm. so the, the, the jobs are, that are being created are in bigger businesses. But you look at the uh, up to 19 employees, there's actually 47,000 fewer uh, jobs uh, right, this month. Right, so. right. We will see. Yeah. Uh, so, what else is going on? We get uh, ISA. Well, we of course we get the weekly jobless claims as well, which have been falling, of course. So, less yeah. people out of work. I mean, none of this. You know, it's suggestions that the, the the labour market is tightening further, not easing, which is obviously not what the Fed wants to see. Uh, we get the uh, ISM manufacturing number for the US as well early tomorrow morning. It's still holding above fifty. Uh, even though, I mean, there were signs of weakening last month, weren't there? We saw new orders was at 48, so that was contracting. Uh, yes. Manufacturing prices was up to 60, and employment was below 50. So so that was contracting as well. So, well, I, th- uh, I think a couple of things there. The market will be very interested in what is it saying about inflation because mm-hmm. the message from the Fed, Phil, has been that they're not going to be blinking even though there might be, you know, they expect some pain for households and businesses coming down the pipeline from their policy. So they're not going to be blinking to a weaker activity figure. But is there something new on supply chains? What's the ISM saying on that front, which I think will be uh, be quite important? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we've more or less covered off what's uh, what's coming up today. In Australia, we get private CapEx for Q2 today as well, plus home loans for July and investment lending for housing as well, which is down quite a bit in June. So uh, more of that downturn in the housing market that we were talking about earlier on. Uh, but yeah, all eyes are on payrolls, aren't they? Uh, but we'll talk, about that. we'll talk about that tomorrow morning. We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. That's NAB's Dave DeGaius in London uh, with his rapidly devaluing uh, British pound. And that is it for me for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.